blows my mind. We, we, we hung 50 on them too. So um, if, if anyone on their defense has anything to say, uh, uh, they can they can have fun playing Kyler next week. So. Here come the drums. Wasn't pretty, but all wins are a beautiful thing. And that, my friend, is what you call a teachable win. Texas tops Kansas 24-17. to And the matchup everybody wanted is going down next Saturday at Jerry World in Arlington. Texas versus Oklahoma 2018, Volume 2, Longhorns versus Oklahoma Sooners. I'm trying to talk myself into picking Texas in this game, but I've been picking Oklahoma to win this game since Texas beat them earlier this season. But I'm very excited about this. There's a couple things that are going to need to happen happen if Texas is going to pull off the upset. We'll get into that. We're also going to have my favorite Longhorn of all time, Brian Robison, uh, joining the show to talk about his time on the 40 Acres, what he's up to, and who he'd rather have seen between West Virginia and Oklahoma. That'll be in a second, but right now, 41 Acres, episode 14, Landry and Day-Day. And Day-Day, there's nothing better than previewing Texas versus Oklahoma, especially when it's for all the marbles. Oh, man, this is exciting, man. This is, I'm like a kid in the candy store right now. This was the game that you and I both wanted. Uh, this game is awesome for college football in a whole, uh, particularly for the Big 12, man. When you have these two blue blood programs, you know, uh, back-to-back uh, games, you know, playing each other again, man, and both of these guys uh, these programs are uh, at the uh, apex of, of where they should be in the Big 12 and in college football. It just makes for a great outcome to have this this battle again. Because, uh, I mean, you know, hey, shout out to West Virginia, nah, man. Nah, screw we, them. We screw that, them. Hey, we know. Hey, yesterday, I mean, it was a shootout in that game, man. It was an exciting game. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, you know, it, it came down to really whoever had the ball last, man. I mean, both of these guys, was uh, the teams were scoring at will. I mean, it was just an awesome freaking game man and uh, but like I said the, the football guards came down uh, from the Big 12 and said let there be Oklahoma and Texas again so here we are man and I'm, I'm excited for next Saturday I'm night pumped. man and this is how it should be this should be the start of something special this should be the start of Texas and Oklahoma meeting twice a season right there in DFW twice this should be the start of something this is special I said that I would rather lose to Oklahoma than play West Virginia I feel like this is this is what the Big 12 is about this is this is Big 12 Texas Oklahoma this is what it supposed to be and if texas is going to pull off this upset there's going to be there's something that's going to need to happen sam ellinger is going to have to play like he has against oklahoma the two times he's faced him in his career last season 2017 uh, his freshman year, he outplayed Baker Mayfield. And if he hadn't ended up in the concussion tent, then there's a chance that Texas actually wins that game against Oklahoma and pulls off that upset. This year, he outduels Kyler Murray, and Texas ends up winning. The game was a little closer than than, than it probably should have been. You you blew the, the three-score lead in the fourth quarter, but Sam Ellinger outplayed Kyler Murray in that game, and we all remember the drama afterwards. Who knows? Maybe that's going to be a storyline moving forward. But what we saw from Sam yesterday, probably the worst game uh, definitely the worst game he's had this season and prop maybe the worst game of his entire career against Kansas. Those two interceptions could have easily thrown three. That Sam Ellinger that we saw yesterday, whether it's just because it was a weird situation and you're playing against a desperate Kansas team and maybe Texas wasn't putting their foot on the gas as much, maybe he wasn't run as much. That version of Sam Ellinger, what we saw against Kansas, is not going to beat this Oklahoma offense. you got to be able to keep up and he's got to be what he's been the first two times he's, he's faced these guys. Well, well, this kid is resilient, man. I think this kid will be ready uh, 
Um, you know, we we know that he's dealing with the uh, shoulder injury and everything. Didn't look particularly good uh, yesterday. You know, two interceptions more than he's thrown. You know, basically all season. Uh, you know, in the game and so first uh, interception you know, since Maryland, man. Right, and, and I mean, you know, let's just be honest with you, man. When you look at you know kind of how the game was going yesterday against Kansas, man, you know, have to give David uh, David Betty and I know those guys are are out of there and you know, but you have to give him some credit, man. Those kids some credit, man, for for going out there and playing hard uh, for Coach Betty their last game. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, and I tweeted this, that Texas should have been up going into halftime, man, three touchdowns, man. Yeah. You know, I but mean, I still uh, felt in control. It was weird. It was 7 nothing, but I still felt in control of that it, game. You know it, what I'm saying? Yeah, right, but it was a, it was a, it's Kansas. No, it, yeah, you know, it still exactly. was an ugly 7 nothing. You should and, be able to bully and, him. And, you and, should be and, able to bully him and, like and you and did Iowa State. And, let, and let's be honest with you, man. Uh, again, I've alluded to this in other uh, podcasts that we've done. I don't know what's going on with this Texas team. So, and that's why it, it makes You're talking it, about in the second it, half? Yes, it makes it difficult for me to, as much as I want to pick Texas, I'm not saying I'm not picking Texas going uh, against Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship, but it scares me about this team because this team has a history, man, of – you know, letting teams hang around, man, all season, even if they win, man, is the fact that they let these teams hang around. You could say, man, hey, uh, you know, a, a couple of, of plays here and there, you know, Kansas makes this a game, man, and this shouldn't have even gotten there. And and this is the other thing. If you want to, if you want to be concerned about what you saw from that Kansas game, Brandon Jones. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. He he had a head injury and he left the game. Brandon Jones. You 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 look at this kid. First of all, against Oklahoma, he had a damn good game last time these two teams faced. He had the interception. He played he played his ass off last time they played Oklahoma. And then you look at him against West Virginia when they when they played a high power offense. Has the fluke injury before the game, and all of a sudden Brandon Jones they miss him in that game. So it's a situation where if Brandon Jones is not playing, that's a, that's a huge, huge injury for, for for Texas. And by the way, that targeting call on, on that punt return, that man. was hot garbage. We, 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 man. we, we, don't, we, we, we keep it real with the refs. First of all, he should have fair caught the punt. Right. First, first and foremost, he should have fair caught the punt. Second of all, as soon as he catches the punt that he should have fair caught, he ducks his head. I don't know what number 20 and, on Kansas and, is supposed and, to be. And, and, I feel and, terrible and, for him. And that was my... I feel bad for and, that kid. And that was my... F- Point yesterday, man. You know, we have all these numbnuts out here and they're tweeting at me because of the tweet that I put out there and they're tweeting at me saying, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, look, it, it was straight, you know, head to head, uh, contact or whatever the case may be. Okay. Yeah. On initial looking at it initially on television, man, it kind of looked like he hit him in the shoulder. He, he leaned more with his shoulder, but again, Brandon could have fair caught. He should have fair caught or whatever. It. And I mean, he ducked you, his head. You, I don't. They're, they're, they're making it impossible almost for uh, these young men. I think that they're throwing. There young needs men to be out. levels of targeting too. Exactly. I think there needs to be levels right. of targeting because these, these young men penalty or, or, or an ejection. Yeah, yeah. There, There's, there's got to be levels of it. That young man. That young man is playing. I don't. I don't even know his status or anything like that. But that young man is playing the final game of of his season. I don't know if it was the final game of his career or not. And I think there need to be levels of this when you review it. Was it blatant? Was it intentional? Exactly. Give him a warning. That's these, my I, point. I'm tired of seeing uh, college kids ejected you know, for the first for the first half of the next game or, or or the half of that one. That kid did not deserve to be ejected. All, all of these Texas fans, man, you know, and of course I'm a diehard Texas fan myself. But I mean, some of these guys just really see everything through burnt orange glasses, man. They're not taking into consideration, you know, the uh, egregiousness of the penalty, man. You have certain uh, penalties that that you know just are egregious. And, and my thing was okay if you want to to talk about that. Let's why 
why not talk about the late hit uh, on the Kansas player when he was clearly out of bounds? You know, you, you can't have it both ways, man. If you're going to be fair, be fair all around. But I agree with you, Landry. We've talked about this before, that this targeting uh, mess, man, it, it has to, I understand. I don't them, mind I the role, but you can't, you got to quit ejecting the kids. You got to quit ejecting the kids for, for, for stuff like yeah, that. When, for when, bang, when, bang when plays. It's, yeah, it's, it's one thing. Egregious. If, it's one yeah. thing if you go and you headhunt the quarterback or something like that. Throw his ass out of the game. Yes. But th- that young man did not deserve to be ejected. He, he, he didn't, man. And I, and I know, like I said, a lot of Longhorn fans were pissed off at me, uh, you know, by saying this. I had a couple of tweets at me or whatever, uh, you know, saying this and that there. Whatever. They didn't get in his feelings on his mentions. I don't give a damn, man. They didn't get in his feelings on them. Man, because at the end of the day, I'm going to say what the hell I want to say. And I believe what I believe, man. And again, you agree with me. A lot of people agree with me on the post, man, that it is not about not wanting to protect the kids and so on and so forth. It's like, it, again, there should be levels of targeting. Targeting is where if it's blatant, if it's egregious, and you feel like it's intentional, then yeah, throw the ass out the game. But in a situation like that, when this kid is just coming down, his last to game. make a play, his you last know what I'm game. saying? And, and Brandon, you know, because you, you, you just react and you, you, when you have two people moving with that force or whatever, it's it's hard to 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 pull up, you know, and you don't know what the offense. I mean, Wheeler guy missed is Wheeler do. missed the first half of of the Maryland game this year for something that happened in the Texas Bowl last exactly, year. Exactly, like, right? Come just, on, man, like just, just ridiculous. Get a man. grip on it. I, I respect the safety, but you got to chill. Someone else that wasn't on the field uh, in this game, Gary Johnson, suspended before the game for violating team rules. If you're going to suspend him, suspend him for Kansas because you need your best defensive player next week against Oklahoma. They're going to need Gary Johnson and a lot more. And, and speaking of Texas defense versus. Oklahoma, the encouraging thing, we, we, we've already said that you need Sam to play like he has against Oklahoma. You, you'd like to hope that he's healthy and ready to go there, but you're also going to need to contain Kyler Murray. You're obviously not going to shut him down, but you need to contain him. But there is reason for optimism there because there's been three quarters all season where Kyler Murray has looked average and suspect, and it was the first three quarters against Texas in the Red River shootout. So whatever Todd Orlando did those first three quarters, that's what he needs to do the next three. But I think Kyler Murray's uh, playing at, at a much higher level now, and we saw him crying after the game. I think he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder, and maybe Texas, maybe he'll be too emotional, and Texas can take advantage of. It. But that's something that's got to happen, and you got to pressure his ass. Well, well that's just like I said, man. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be difficult, and, and I'm still, as we record this podcast, man, I'm still up in the air about this game, man. It's things that I really, really like about Texas and how Texas uh performs, and, and things I believe about Texas. But then again, watching Oklahoma, man, it's things that I really, really like about Oklahoma that I think that, Is it not uh, that crazy? they can use and expose. Texas it's too. crazy they don't even have Anderson at running back, and they they still they're still moving the ball and, like they I, did. And, and, and again, you know, both of these teams have something to play for. You know, obviously Texas, you know, being in this position which they haven't been in in many many years since two thousand nine, and, and, and Oklahoma, you know, still have an outside chance of of you know getting into the Big Twelve championship. I mean, they need, I mean, I'm sorry, the college into football the playoffs. College football playoffs. I mean, you need a couple of things to 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 go their way. I mean, hey. You know, we were talking uh, off the air, and we were saying that, hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, Notre Dame gets upset by USC. 
Yeah. You know, so and I then mean, you got Michigan playing happen, as man. we're recording this as well. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that can happen, but I just get a kick out of you know the, the criticism of the Big Twelve, and I understand the Big Twelve doesn't play the best defense, and I know a lot of times it looks like flag football's going on out there. I get all that, but you know let's let's just be honest. If Oklahoma played Michigan, or if Oklahoma played Notre Dame, or I, I think if they even played Clemson. They're putting 40 on those teams too. Like those teams aren't going to shut them out. And I don't know that those offenses can keep up. So it's easy to sit here and, and, and roll your eyes and say there's no defense going on. But Oklahoma is going toe to toe with almost anybody except Alabama, but Alabama's on a different level. So I just, Texas is going to be playing one of the, one of the best teams in the country on Saturday. And this is an opportunity to win a Big 12 title. You're going to have two cracks at, at, at a 10 win season, which, which is huge, uh, for Tom Herman and company. I think this could be the game. And I've, I've God dang, I, I feel like I've said this like six weeks in a row. I think this is going to be the game where Keontae Ingram breaks out. I think this is finally going to be where Keontae Ingram, he looks, he just appears to be so close to breaking one and breaking out. He's, he's good at making that first guy miss, but it's just that second guy that he can't make miss. I think this is a game where Texas is going to need to keep Oklahoma's Offense off the field, and I think Keontae Ingram is going to be a big, big part of that. I expect a huge game uh, from Keontae, and I think it's going to help Sam as well. That might be um, their biggest uh, advantage that Texas could have, man, is being able to run the football with Ingram and um, you know, with Watson, and and you know having to run the ball, you know, thirty times, you know, a game. Uh, I mean, thirty times in this particular game, man, uh, to neutralize uh, Oklahoma's offense because we know that those guys are high power. We know Oklahoma. We can come in there and they can score at will. and, you know, the way Texas defense plays sometimes, man, you know, if you're not able to get a, a consistent pass rush on Kyler Murray, man, if you're, you know, a, a, a <laughs> PJ Lot, you know, we know that Oklahoma likes to use the seam a whole lot, man. So he dropped the pick they're, yesterday. Yeah, they're going to put pressure on, on PJ Lot. I mean, of course, we've discussed this kid, man. I just don't. He think played he's all good. right yesterday, but you know, he's just not. He's just not. Yeah, he's, he's not great. Not, but yeah, he, Oklahoma, he played as good as he could. Oklahoma's going to try to expose him. Uh, they're going to have to be the linebackers are going to have to, um, you know, uh, particularly. Um, Gary Johnson and, and, and those guys, man, are, um, are BJ Foster, Willa, uh, you know, coming out the backfield, man, because those running backs, uh, that Oklahoma have, man, they can catch the ball out the backfield as well, man, and they can take it up, you know, on wheel routes and different things like that. So, and I then mean, you got Lamb it, on the outside. Yeah, that's I mean, Boyd. That's it's, all Boyd right there. Man. It's a lot, man. It's, it's going to be a lot for Texas to, to handle, man. And, and you got to pressure they, him too. And that's, that's yeah. easier said than done too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's going to be one of those games, man. Like I said, you know, before, Man, I'm really, really battling. Of course, you know, before the end of this podcast, man, I'll jump out on the limb and I'll make a, a prediction whether it'll be Texas or, or Oklahoma. But the fact of the matter is this game is going to be very, very exciting. I'm excited for this game. I'm going, man, I can't bro. wait. 11 I'm o'clock going. Saturday, man. Uh, you ain't, you ain't going, are awesome, you? Man. I'm going, You know bro. what? You know what? Actually, I'm actually debating, man, because Deontay and I were actually – Talking about possibly shooting up there, man, for that game, man. Uh, you know, if Oklahoma and, and uh and Texas were to to play again, and now that we have that or whatever, so it's not out of realm of possibility, man. I might go up there actually for that game. And oh, me, you've been me, saying that you 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 ain't about you ain't about nothing. You ain't going nowhere, bro. You always say you ain't going nowhere. Let me freaking say this, man. You know, 
I've been, and everyone knows this is nothing, no secret, man. I've been, you know, very critical of, of, of Herman, man. Uh, you know, last year wasn't very good. I just thought that we expected more out of Herman last year. Uh, this year didn't start out very well, man. But again, you know, I have to give him kudos, man, to, to, to come back and have the season that he had and to put Texas in a position to play in the Big 12 championship. Again, you know, uh, you know, it's been ugly wins, but, but nevertheless, it's been wins and, and the games that he needed to win is the games that, uh, you know, basically he, he has won to put himself in position. So shout out, man, to, to Coach Tom Herman and, and his staff, man, and those kids out there that's playing hard for him, man. I mean, again, this is what uh, uh, this is what you hired. This is what you hired yes, Herman to do. Absolutely. You and wanted tangible success. We didn't want this mysterious, like this team's getting better. They're fighting. You know, that it's better than it was. You wanted tangible success. And regardless of what happened Saturday at Jerry World, you've had it with Tom Herman. And it's going to be interesting to see. I, I really want to see how this thing goes because it's going to, it's going to be a chess match. I wonder this too, Derek, because if, if you're looking and, and if we're trying to lay out the ways that Texas can win, we've already, we've already laid out two reasons for optimism number one being that Sam Ellinger is uh, plays very very well against Oklahoma and has outplayed both Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray when he's faced him number two the number two thing we also said Todd Orlando is the only guy that's contained Kyler Murray for an extended period this year that's uh, reason number two reason number three is Oklahoma's coming off a very, very tough game. And we've talked about this before where there's always a letdown when you come off a tough game. And as, and as much as Texas and Kansas went back and forth, that th- those guys are, I mean, they grinded it out and they got the win. But when you go to West Virginia and you play in that kind of game, I feel like, you know, if, if there is going to be a letdown and, 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 and obviously Oklahoma is going to be geeked up and ready to go, but I feel like they might be physically a little bit more worn out than Texas as well, just coming off that game. And that, and that's my thing right there is, you know, you, you're right. And you make very good points. But, again, the fact that this is Texas, Oklahoma, I mean, you don't get more hype. I mean, for the second time, you don't get more hype than this. And then after the ass kicking that they took in Dallas, you don't think Oklahoma's going to come out and these guys are going to be freaking ready to play this Texas team, man. Especially, again, depending on what happens today uh, with, you know, teams that possibly could get upset and they have a chance to no, no. actually make it to the Big 12. But sometimes uh, I mean, it's mind the, uh, over matter. Sometimes it's mind over matter. It's, it's a quick turnaround. I mean, it is a quick turnaround after West Virginia. Virginia. I I agree with you, and I can already hear sooner uh, sooner fans and even some some Longhorn fans saying, "Why do y'all keep saying they kicked their ass?" Because they did. They I mean, did. if you watch the game, like I, I understand that Oklahoma tied it, but if you watch that game, Oklahoma got their ass kicked yeah, for Texas three fourths of that game. Yeah, te- Texas dominated. You know, the majority of that game, man. I mean, it, it, you know, you just look at the game. You you know, you have those. And Kyler Murray sometimes. padded his stats in the fourth too. Like he yeah, was he was right. under control. Like uh, you look at the stat sheet and you say he he played uh, okay. But Kyler Murray was was very very much in control by Todd Orlando for three fourths of that let, game. Let me ask you this: kind of you know going back to the uh, the, the Kansas game, and of course we we're, we're over that. You know, hey, Texas got the win. Yeah, we're, do we're you have forward. anything else to add about well, Kansas? Well, well, I mean, were you surprised, man, that uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey and, and uh, Kyler uh, Colin. Uh, Colin Johnson, you know, was kind of a, a, a no show in that game? I man. was I was a little bit surprised, but I mean, if you just look at how Sam was playing, he wasn't able to get it to them. It's it's going to be interesting to see these receivers. <laughs> Because Duvernay's Duvernay's a, a, a new factor as well here. Oh so yeah, no now doubt. You got, I said that a couple of weeks ago. You got all kinds of receivers right now that that Sam's going to be able to throw to. It's going to be interesting to see because Lil J 
and Colin both had good games against Oklahoma. Duvernay's kind of just emerged as 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 a solidified uh, third option. They're well, using Jamison a little bit too in the offense. Uh, you see, those guys are going to have to be better than they were. But again, I just don't know. Is Sam's shoulder okay? Is is Sam's shoulder okay? I know he's going to be geeked up. I know he's going to be wired up. But is his shoulder okay? Well, the thing about that is, like I said, you know, this kid is tough, man, and. and uh you know, we, we have to be concerned about his shoulder. And, and like I said before, a, a, a stout running game and those guys' offensive line for Texas. They need able Ingram. To push, I want to 20 push carries the, for Ingram, yeah, and yeah, I want I the mean, breakout be, game. Because it, because if Sam is not – I want Sam running too. It, but if, if Sam is not 100%, then your running game is going to be your best friend. And he's going to have to run Oklahoma too. Team. You, need, you need Sam to run too. He's, Absolutely. I mean, he, had, he, had a, he had a couple touchdowns against him this year at, at the goal line. This You you need Sam to run. You need him to run. And, and by the way – can can him and Beck get on the same page? Like I love I love the way uh, Andrew Beck blocks, but damn dude, like it, it's it's uh, he's always open down that seam. But for some reason, him and Sam just can't get on the same page. Uh, it, Sam on that for barely, some reason, he barely misses him, man. And, and yeah. it's always the easiest throws too. But him and Beck for some reason can't get on the same page. I, I, I they think, did score yesterday. though. I, I think Oklahoma, uh, you know, going to to this game. I think that their main thing, of course, they're going to try to you know stop the run or whatever. But I think that their main thing is to be able to uh, to to stop, you know, more than likely, man, to be able to stop uh, Lil Jordan. And uh, I think they'll roll coverage to his side. I think they'll keep a safety uh, uh, over top of, of him, uh, kind of much like Kansas did yesterday. Kansas was you running know. man. Kansas was running man, which but, was weird. Yeah, but they but they were they were sending help, you know, over uh to that side uh with uh Lil Jordan Humphrey man and, and uh so the 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 one on one um the one on one matchups, man, that, that Colin is probably gonna get, like you said again, Duvernay is is gonna get, man, they're going to have to be because they're gonna try to take Lil Jordan out of this. I'm smelling game. a big game from Duvernay. I'm I mean, smelling. I'm smelling a big, big, big game I, I from Duvernay in this I, one. I can see that. I mean, because I, I just feel, I feel like he's always had the juice, man. You know, I've watched this kid, met this kid, and I feel like he's always had the juice. I just think that for whatever reason, they weren't using him early enough. You know, in the season. You know, I mean, you had Gerard Hurd coming in. I mean, the dude, Gerard Hurd should not touch the field at slot, bro. You know what I'm saying? Duvernay is your guy at slot, man. I think he's going to have a big game. I think Ingram's going to have a big game, but I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. We'll get more into this uh, in just a sec, but right now uh, we've had a lot of guests on this show. We've had Vince Young, we've had Ramon Taylor, we've had Brian Jones, uh, Eric Metcalf, We've had uh, Clarence E. Hill. Deontay Foreman. We've had Deontay <laughs> Foreman. I don't know how you pulled that one off. Uh, we've had John McClain. We've had we've had a lot of people on here. If I left you off, I'm sorry. My favorite Longhorn of all time, I'm not just saying that, uh, Brian Robison joined the 41 Acres earlier this week, uh, and this is how the discussion went. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. And when I say that you are my favorite player uh, in UT history, I don't. I don't say that to everyone. I've been. I've been following the program for 30 years, going with my dad to games. And the reason that I say that you're you're my favorite UT player of all time is because I think that you resemble something that I think every college athlete should be. That that it should be what you want every college athlete to be. In that. You improved every year. You started out as, you know, a linebacker. You moved to DN. You improved every year. You developed into being a leader. And you were a part of probably the best recruiting class in history, but you were, you were a three-star guy that just maximized his potential and ended up, you know, you, you, despite the fact that a lot of guys around you came in with more hype, you 
outshine them when you were on campus. And despite the fact that after you did that, a lot of those guys got more hype going into the league, and you outlasted every damn one of those guys in the league. So when I say that, I'm not I'm not just saying it. Like I really I really think you resemble everything that a University of Texas football player should be. Well, you know, man, I, I really appreciate that. that. That actually means the world to me. I know I know a lot of guys will say that, but I, I've said from the beginning that, you know, fans and, and stuff, when they pay you compliments like that, it, it truly does mean the world to you because, um, you know, that's what you work for, man. You work to go out there and prove each and every day that, that you're one of the best. And, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But at the end of the day, you know, I think the thing for me that that made me successful uh, over the years was just my work ethic, you know, going in each and every day, not only when the coaches were watching, not only when the guys were around, but when you were away from those, that the, the work you would put in away from guys when nobody's watching, that's what can put you over the top. And so when you put in that amount of hard work and somebody pays you a compliment like that, uh, when I tell you it means the world to me, it truly means the world to me. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate everything you did, and and, and I I wouldn't say it if I if I didn't mean it. Going to the University of Texas, uh, everybody talked about Mac Brown's recruiting. What is a Mac Brown recruiting pitch like? Man, you know it, it's it, it's different. It's different than anything you you'll hear. I mean, when you look back on it now as a grown adult, not a young man, you you realize that. Mac truly knows how to recruit, and the reason I say that is because, in a way, it's like he tells you what you want to hear, but he also tells you uh, up front kind of exactly the way he envisions things. So, you know, when when I was coming out, I didn't, I mean, you know, like you said, I was a three-star recruit. I wasn't, I even though I was being heavily recruited by a bunch of D1 schools, it was one of those deals where I never dreamed that the University of Texas would be offering me a scholarship. And, I mean, he did not beat over the bush. I mean, he told me within the first five minutes we were meeting, he was like, you know, we you know, we want you to come here. We want you. And it was weird because I'm kind of looking at my mom and dad, and I'm like, is he offering me a scholarship? Because he never came out and actually said it. And so my mom finally was like, so are you offering him a, a full scholarship? And he said, oh, yes, ma'am. I thought you knew that. And so, but it's just one of those things that, like, he tells you what he envisions. He told us right off the bat that he envisions, you know, that that class being able to win a national championship and things like that. And it, even though it's things that you want to hear, it's also things that I think Mac truly believed his program could do. Right. And and that national championship, I'm sure you've answered all, like, the, the generic questions about it, but how much did the game early in the year against Ohio State prepare you for that big stage? Oh, I think it was huge. You know, you not only – for us to, you know, play a team like Ohio State that was, you know, had, we had the utmost respect for, um, but to be able to go on the road to a hostile environment like that um, against a top team like that, be able to pull out that victory, I absolutely think it, it helped us down the road because we faced a lot of adversity in that game. A lot of You almost had a touchdown in that game, if I remember. You, you tipped it. You were pretty close. Correct, correct. And so for us to be able to do that on the road, I think it definitely prepared us, not only for games throughout the season that we had to battle back in, like Oklahoma State and, and other games like that, but for us to be able to go out to the Rose Bowl, which technically, in a way, was a home game for USC, even though it wasn't at their home stadium, but it was right down the road for them. And, you know, for us, surprisingly, 
well, not surprisingly, I should say, our fan base traveled very well. I was there. Game. I was right away, there, man. I was right there watching in a way, that. It, yeah, in a way, it wasn't a home game for them either. So, uh, But it definitely prepared us to be able to battle back from adversity, adversity on the road against uh, kind of a hometown team. I won't ask you all the questions you've already been asked about that game, but I, I have a theory about that game, and I've watched it. I talked. I had Vince on the podcast, and I had him a couple times. He says he watches it probably once a week, but I, I don't. I don't go that far. But I think if Aaron Ross doesn't muff that first punt, I, obviously it ended up well. But I think y'all kicked their ass. I, I think. I think that things get out of control because you stopped them three and out, and then he muffed the punt. I think. I think. I think y'all were the superior team, and I think. I think it ends up being a blowout. So it's almost a blessing. The way it did in, but I think that I think y'all end up blowing them out. I, you know, I think you can look at it from both sides. I honestly do. I mean, I think we had opportunities to blow USC out, and I think when you talk to USC guys, they think they had opportunities to, you know, really be able to pull away and win for us as well. But I honestly believe that um, if we play ten times, I think you're going to get a game like that ten times. I think that our teams were so talented on both sides of the ball that it, it's going to be a great game no matter how many times you play it, no matter how many times you run it up. It's going to be a game like that. There's going to be a lot of ups, a lot of downs, had a lot of playmakers, guys making plays throughout the game. Um, so I, I truly believe that that game went down the way it should have went down. Yeah, it, it was it was magical. Section 24, row 39, seat one. Not that I, not that I remember or anything. Uh <laughs> We, we, we have a joke on our show, uh, in, in Houston, in the loop, uh, that nobody's talking about guy, where you say something that nobody's talking about, but then you say something that everybody's talking about. One part of that game that I really don't think anyone talks about is there was a member of the defense that I think had by far, he was right by you, had by far the best game of his career. Do you know, do you know who I'm thinking of? I'm gonna say that you're thinking of Frank Ocam. No, I'm thinking of Larry Dibbles. I thought that I thought that Dibbles was a, was yeah. an unsung yeah. hero there. That was the best. A lot of times people were talking about you know this guy came in heralded, and he really didn't. Some people would say he didn't maximize his potential, but I think that was the best game that Dibbles played. This is a, this is probably the first Larry Dibbles uh, comment you've gotten since that game. But I thought he played a damn good game there. I, I can agree with you with that. I, I think that was his best game that he, he had on 40 Acres, uh, and kind of an unsung hero in the game. I think he made a lot of plays under the radar. Um, and, and I think there was a few guys. I mean, I think that was really what helped our team elevate ourselves to that is we had, we had so much depth on that team. Uh, you had guys that, that stepped up in that game. You know, you had guys like Robert Killebrew and stuff like that that stepped up and, um, Man, just to see those guys, you know, go on and have good careers at the University of Texas after that game was was always great to see. Do you think because Ramonts didn't think so and Vince didn't think so? Do you think that team gets enough credit? Obviously, it's uh, the be- one of the best teams in school history, and and some people put it up there like top fifteen college teams of all time. But it seems like when people look at it, it's just Vince and everybody else. Despite the fact there were like twenty guys, over twenty guys who went to the pros. Do you think the team as a whole, because of the depth you just mentioned, gets enough credit? I don't think we get enough credit at all. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I think each and every year we should be considered one of the top football teams in college football ever. I, I mean, mean, they were hyping up not, USC, having them play against like the all-time great teams leading up to it, and then and then Texas beats them. It would only make sense. Uh, and I agree. I agree one hundred percent. You know, I think I think if you talk about top college football teams of all time, I think you have to talk about 
uh, those USC teams, no doubt about it. I think you have to talk about us, and you have to talk about 2001 Miami. In my opinion, those are the teams you got to talk about being the best of all time. And even possibly this year, if Alabama can pull it out, maybe even talking about them. But I think, in my opinion, we should always be in that conversation. I mean, you know, you talked about USC being the best, you know, football team of all time. They were riding high, you know, back-to-back national championships, possibly a three-peat, and we were able to go, you know, on the road, essentially, uh, in their home state, pretty close to their hometown, and beat them. Um, I think you have to talk about us in that deal. And, you know, you you mentioned it there. A lot of guys, you know, we have these arguments in the NFL locker room. And, you know, they'll ask me all the time, you think y'all's team was one of the greatest of all time? And I say, well, let me pull up the roster. And I'll exactly. literally, name, literally name like 30-something guys that either made it in the NFL or or was in an NFL camp or something like that. And they're like, Holy cow, I didn't know you guys had all those guys. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, there there was 30-something guys that either made it into an NFL training camp or made it onto an NFL team. And and a lot of us, you know, I think probably like 15 of us had very good NFL careers. And so when you look at that and you add all that together and then you see, you know, that we were able to have a national championship and the majority of that came out of one class, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable, and, and you had the longest NFL career of of everybody on that roster, unless Sarakpo just keeps playing. I don't know how much longer he's going to play. Uh, but you were one of the uh, surprise uh, cuts earlier this season. How how surprised were you when that happened? And uh, what's next for Brian Brian Robinson? Because I know you said you're working out. Are you working out to stay in shape, or are you just working out just you know just to be just to uh, to, to be in like life shape or or game shape? You know, I'm I, I'm still holding hope that I'll get a call. Um, okay. You know, I I think for me it's it's about working out, and you know, right now I'm trying to live my life. I'm uh, fishing having, a lot. I see. Yeah, fishing, hanging out with the kids, hanging out with the family, doing different things that I've never been able to do this time of year. But at the same time, I go and I grind every morning, and I'm hoping that eventually, you know, the the right team will get me because I'm not going to go anywhere. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Right. But. Uh, but at some point, you know, it becomes – if you can get a call and it ends up being the right team, a team that you can, you know, chase the championship with or a team that just fits your family, then, uh, you know, I'll take that, that opportunity to go play somewhere. So that's why I'm staying in shape. That's why I'm doing what I do. And, um, you know, hopefully things work out. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to live my life and uh, and have fun doing it. And you had a damn good g- career regardless. How how surprised were you uh, by that news earlier this season? Because I, I remember when they were making the, the cuts, that was like the main one, like it, it, the surprising cut of the day. How, how surprised? Did you did they tell you that that was coming, or was it just a complete surprise? Well, it wasn't a complete surprise. I mean, we you know we had actually talked about it you know a night or two beforehand. Uh, General Manager Rick Spillman had talked to me about it. So I knew that there was a there was a possibility it would be coming, and um, you know we we tried to handle it the best way possible. And at that time, um, I was planning on going into my last season with the Vikings and retiring when the season was over. And at that time, I didn't really want to pull the trigger on retirement because you know I've always said that I wanted to leave this after after ten eleven years. Yeah. I want to leave the game on my terms. And I felt like if I retired, it wasn't really my terms. It was kind of being forced into retirement. So I just said, you know, let's let's just do it this way. Let's, I guess, just release me and you know, we'll figure out things 
as we can go on. But um, I, at the end of the day, you know, I can't say I was 100% surprised, but I was surprised. I mean, I thought I had a lot to offer that team. Um, had given a lot to them over the 11 years, you know, taking back-to-back cuts two years in a row. I mean, I gave a lot to the Vikings organization, and I wanted to be able to go out, you know, one last hurrah to say goodbye to the fans and everything like that and didn't get that opportunity. So it definitely hurts a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, you can't be fully surprised because, as you've seen over the last, you know, four or five years in the NFL, um, there's always, you know, a veteran guy that gets cut that, Nobody expects to get cut, and that's just the business we live in nowadays. How the hell do you – we went out there for the Super Bowl for a week last year as a station. How the hell do you live out there in that cold, man, especially being being a Texas guy? Are you used to it now? Is that where you're going to retire, or are you all going to come back to Texas? What's what's the plan there? Because I, I would die if I lived there all the time in that cold. Well, here's the deal. You you know I'm a fisherman, correct? Yes, and I know there's good fishing. There's, there's cold fishing and there's, there's warm fishing, so I don't know which is better. There's great fishing there. There's, so, so Minnesota, the, the cold fishing's nice. Okay. I love it there. But when those lakes freeze over, I'm out. I can't do. I can't do that. So. So no ice fishing. I bring my, no, I bring my butt right back to Texas, where I know there's open water. So, okay. Okay. Uh, when we when we hang it up, I'm, I'm I'm here training in Houston right now. That's where we'll live our all our lives. My whole family's from here, so. Uh, we're, we're Texas born and raised. Uh, Minnesota will always have a special place in our heart. I'll always go back and visit there. Uh, but yeah, Texas is home for us. What do you think about, there's, there's two topics. I'm not as big of a fisherman as you are, but my co-host John Lopez is. What do you, what are your thoughts on, this is something that he's real passionate about that I really don't know. Pot licking and croaker. (laughs) Pot licking and croaker. Yeah, pot, well, pot licking is it is it is it is it gamesmanship or is it bad? And what about croaker? Because that that blows up the text line whenever he brings that up. Yeah, I mean, you know the the whole saltwater game with the croakers and stuff. I mean, you can catch a ton of fish on them. Obviously, I, I'm more of a bass guy, so I do more of that deal. The pot licking deal. I mean, I guess it's one of those deals. that's kind of to each his own. I mean. You know, you get in the game to make money and stuff like that. And hey, I mean, I can't say a bad thing about anybody that does it, but at the same time, it's kind of like you got your own way of doing things. Me personally, I, I like to go try new things, go try to find new places, find my own fish, right? That type of deal. So that's kind of where I'm at on that issue. But hey, you know, to each his own. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. To, to each his own. Did you always like fishing? By the way, were you always a fisherman even when you went to UT? Oh, man, I love fishing. You know, I can remember being at UT, and it's funny, guys like Jordan Shipley and Colt McCoy, they never knew I liked fishing. And it was funny because when we'd have a day off, me and my dad, if my dad was in town, we'd always go up to Marble Falls and fish right there below the dam. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I did it all the way through college. I've been doing it since I was young age. The game changed for me when I bought my first boat and actually started, you know, fishing on lakes and stuff with a boat. Okay. But really hooked me, so... Uh, once I did that, it was game on for me. And, you know, I got some cool things that I, I'm going to be doing in the future. You know, I'm going to be uh, – I got some things going on, like shooting a YouTube series that we're going to do, like a six-part YouTube series this coming up year. There you go. Uh, awareness for that. So I've got a lot of things in the fishing industry that uh, I'm going to try to cross over into.
Yeah, I, I asked because I was talking to one of your old teammates, Casey Stuttered, and he said uh, he said you've gone from uh, a little bit of white boy slim in college to like uh, extra country now. He he said you were rocking like a taper fade, and you had the George in college, and now you're now you're all fishing shirts and everything like that. So I was uh, I was just kind of thought that was pretty funny. Uh, are you so you uh you you have a fishing tournament coming up? I, I see you tweeting about that. Uh, tell the people about uh, what they can do out there uh, for for that tournament. Yeah, so we, we haven't nailed down a date yet, um, you know, for my foundation fishing event, which is the Real Men Foundation, but we know it'll be on Sam Rayburn. It'll be sometime in either March or maybe even October. We're trying to figure out a date that works for everybody. This whole uh, having three organizations uh, for the professional fishermen has kind of thrown a kink in our plans and everything like that. So we're just trying to figure out a way we can get everything done, but... They can, uh, you know, follow me on social media or anything like that. Uh, my website, brianrobinson6.com, will have all the information as soon as we get it to post it up there. And uh, what we do is benefit canines for cops. And what they do is, you know, we basically donate the money, the proceeds from those tournaments towards canines for cops, and they either place they place a, a canine, specialized canine, into police departments that either have lost one in the line of duty or can't afford one. So it's a great cause. It keeps our community safe, uh, not only on a local level, but uh, also a statewide and national level as well. So uh, it's very near and dear to my heart. It's something that me and my wife, Jamie, have worked very hard over the years to, to donate to. I think we've donated uh, like 10 or so dogs now over the last two or three years. So, um, you know, we work very hard to help that organization all right that's awesome brian i'd be hard pressed if i didn't ask you a couple uh questions about the current state of uh your alma mater how, how do you feel about the state of the program with tom herman at the helm yeah man i i think they're ve- definitely going in the right direction i mean i thought they were close very close last year so um i told a lot of teammates this this uh in minnesota that i thought they would be a nine win team this year i still believe that um so I mean I think I think even right now they could have nine wins. You know you look at you look at the Oklahoma State game and the West Virginia game. I mean those are those are two games that could have went either way. Um, but I think they're I think they're on the verge of doing some things special. They you know these younger guys, juniors, sophomores, freshmen. Uh, if they just take the seniors' leads that are, that are going to be leaving now and keep putting in the hard work that they put in over the years to get the program back to where it is this year. I think the future's bright for them. If you were a player right now, you saw the loss to West Virginia, obviously heartbreaking, uh, but you beat Oklahoma. Uh, assuming that they beat Kansas, and I'm just going to go ahead and assume it. I might, I might be eating crow, but I'm just going to assume it. Who would you as a player want to see in the Big 12 championship game? Would you want to play OU a second time, or would you want to get a crack at the team that beat you at home in West Virginia? I would want the best team that's available. Okay. In my opinion, I've always had the same the same mindset if you want to be the best you got to beat the best so um i think uh in, in my personal opinion out of the two i think oklahoma is uh is got a high powered offense so as a defensive player you know both of them really have a high powered offense but i think oklahoma had, probably has a little bit edge on that so for me i think if i'm looking at it as a defensive player i want to play the best offense out there and try to shut them down as much as i can so uh, and who doesn't want to see a second red? Man, red I'm red. with you there, man. I'm so with you there. Oh, so 
So I think, I think, you know, obviously it comes down to who, who the best two teams is, and I think that's the way it is. I think that's where the Big 12 sets themselves apart for, for a championship game. Um, but I, I definitely, I not see a Texas OU rematch. It kind of sucks though, because, you know, a couple times when you were at Texas, I mean, you would have, under this format, you would have gotten a rematch at Oklahoma. Instead, you had to watch a team like Missouri go in there and, and, and face Oklahoma or Kansas State or something and, and, and get to play them. It'd be nice if you would have got two cracks at them, especially uh, early on. This is very true. <laughs> All right, Brian, man. I, I, again, I appreciate you for hopping on. Again, you are you are my favorite player in the history of UT football. Uh, it, it's been great watching you since you came on campus and, and, and the NFL career you had. If it's over, it was a damn good one. If it's not over, uh, hopefully it ends the way you'd like it to. Thank you so much for your time, and I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it as well. It's my dude Brian Robison right there hopping on the 41 Acres. You can listen to past episodes on iTunes as well at sportsradio610.com, but, but be sure to subscribe on iTunes. I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's, that's my favorite Longhorn of all time. And by the way, uh, he did say that he is not a fan of pot licking, uh, which, which is a fishing term. He, he was a little bit, uh, softer on it when he went during the interview, but afterwards he texted me and said, yeah, he's not a, not a huge fan of, of pot licking, which I guess it means you follow people. Uh, to where they're fishing, and you just take their territory or something like that. I don't, I don't know these fishermen. I, I know you don't know no about idea. no fishing. I don't, I don't know what that means, bro. I don't know. I, I'm not the fisherman. Lopez is the fisherman on my show, but right, that is what it is. But I, I love me some Brian Robinson. Uh, and and if Texas wants to beat Oklahoma, which which Brian Robinson did uh, a couple times in his career, uh, the the guys that play his position, uh, most specifically the guy whose hair is apparently on the line, uh, Brecken Hager, he's going to need to have a big game. And I wonder if he is going to shave his head if they do win because he said that he's going to cut his hair if they win a Big 12 title. It'd be nice to see Hager and Amina who have uh, very, very good games against Oklahoma and be able to pressure Kyler Murray and, most importantly, contain Kyler Murray and don't let him get out there. Well, uh, Charles Aminahue, you know, um, like I said, we got on him early in the season, but I think that he's been playing um, better, you know, yeah, significantly uh, better. You know, he's been able to to kind of get in there. Obviously, you know, Gary Johnson has to, I mean, this this kid just, he had whatever the issue was or whatever the case may be, again, that was the game to suspend him because coming into this game, we're going to need to see a big dose of Gary Johnson getting in the backfield, being able to make plays. Uh, you know, uh, Chris Nelson, man, has, you know, for the most part, man, been a disappointment. I thought that he would not actually be Puna Ford, man, but I thought that he would probably give us a little more than what he's given us this been year. very average. You know, and uh, and again, Brick, man, I mean, is what can we say about this kid? I mean, they just continue to put the mic in his guy's face and he could and he's given he's given all you bulletin board material too already man you know i mean he had to apologize though that was pretty whack yeah that's pretty whack but but you don't need to you don't need to be giving them any bulletin board material and and they actually especially when you're not doing anything bro when you when you're not even showing up bro like shit up he's gonna have to back it up he's gonna have to go out there uh and see what happens but i i i just need to stop giving him a freaking mic yeah he well that's that's kind of his thing you know you know how that is that's 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 just that's just how the how the young kid does this caden stearns this is going to be another guy that's going to have to be big in this game because 
the fourth quarter against Oklahoma the first time. That was probably the worst quarter of his season. I mean, I don't know. He didn't he didn't look too good against West Virginia either, but that was uh he he made a couple mistakes that damn near cost Texas the game and and it was almost one of the biggest meltdowns of of the Tom Herman era and, and maybe in Texas Oklahoma history. Uh Stearns is going to have to be better. BJ Foster is going to have to be good and it all goes back to if Brandon Jones is going to play or not because that's where it's going to get real interesting if he's unable to be out there. It, it it is and like I said, man, you know, I have no confidence in this kid, man, if forgive me like I said I don't mean to rag you know anyone we just have to call it like we, we call it man I, I think that you know PJ Lockett will get exposed this is dangerous out there. Dude, this is this is really 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 dangerous if PJ Lock is playing safety for Brandon Jones he, this is a situation where Lincoln Riley is going to find this guy oh yeah no no doubt that, he, that scares get, that, the thought of PJ Lock guarding these OU receivers it scares the hell out of me quite honestly and, 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 and I I you know, Caden Stearns, uh, again, you know, this, this he's kid, kid. Had, you know, he, he's had up and down seasons. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm, again, you know, like Deontay, you know, told me a couple of weeks ago, you know, we, we can't really give this kid so much of a pass because, I mean, this kid started at the University of Texas. So they the, the, the freshman thing is kind of out the window. I mean, you got to go out there and when you're on that field, they expect you to be the, the player that they signed for you to come in here and make plays. And I believe that this kid, you know, he, he'll be just fine. But again, you know, up and down season for him. But I think the kid will be just fine. Hey, we, you know, we, we can't dismiss uh, – uh, um, Chris Boyd, man. Chris Boyd is going to have to have a big game. He's going to be matched up with. He's going to be well. matched up with Lamb yes. on the outside, he, and that's that's a bad. That's, that's a bad a, dude exactly, right there. That's bro. a bad so dude I, right there. I mean, Chris Boyd is going to have. To, I mean, I mean, if, 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 if this is your chance right here, I mean, you you know what's happened before, and in all the drama, the suspension against Oklahoma State, the back and forth with uh, Emmanuel Acho, like that means nothing right now because right now you have a chance to play your number one rival. In, in probably the best stadium in the country, in Jerry World, on national TV, and you're matching up against one of the best receivers in the country in Lamb. So if Chris Boyd, he wants to sit there, he wants to, he wants to play on Sundays, this is the kind of matchup that you need to be, he needs to be waking up every morning and looking at Lamb's picture, because that's, that's, this is going, this is an opportunity for Chris Boyd to go out with a bang. This is an opportunity for him to do what he set out to do when he came on the 41, uh, the 40 acres, uh, Four years ago, this is a big, big, big opportunity for Chris Boyd, and, and and I think I think he should he should be welcoming this challenge. And here's the thing about it, man. You know, 11 a.m., bro. This is not you know. Sometimes you have some you know BS games at 11 a. Bro, everybody in the country is going to be watching this game, man. This is the game right here, bro, where you could get paid or you can hurt yourself. You and you know, can go out with a bang. Yeah, you can go out with a bang. Man. So, I mean, th- this is going to be huge for uh, Texas players, man. It's going to be huge for Oklahoma players. I mean, this is is the game, but I mean, particularly we're talking about... The seniors, you know, uh, bro. The, the seniors, seniors got a chance. In, in this game, they, 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 they got to show up, man. And I mean, don't take this Oklahoma team lightly, man. Just they because won't. you guys, you know, dominated, you know, them for the most part early on in the season, man. Like I said, these guys have a chip on their shoulder and they have an opportunity to to actually go to the college football playoffs, man, if some things, you know, happen to fall in their favor, man. So, I mean, Texas will be motivated, but Oklahoma will be extremely motivated as well, man. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a matchup, man. I can't wait. It's going to be weird, though, man. I'm, I'm going to this game. I can't even eat a corn dog. I can't. I can't eat no fair food. This is, you know, I've been to like twenty of these things, and you know, every time I go see Texas Oklahoma at eleven a.m., I at least get to go get me, you know, some nachos, some uh, three dollar beers, some uh, some some. 
some Fried fair ice food. Cream. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no, ain't no fair food here uh, at Jerry World. Although I will tell you this: if you're going to, uh, if you're going to be going to Jerry World, they got the best stadium nachos in the game. They're called Super Bowl nachos. Yes, so I had them. You're going to want to get on those. You're going to want to get on those nachos. You I, had them too. Yeah, you nacho I, guy? Yes, I, I, I love, I love nachos. Hey, but I don't know for some reason, man, and, and call me crazy, bro. Uh-oh. I still think high school. Football nachos, man, are some of the best freaking nachos, man. Just the one, just 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 for that cheese and stuff. Yes, What's up with that, bro. dude? Yes, bro. I don't know why, bro. I mean, yeah, I've, I've had them at you know here, you know at every line, man. Uh, I had them at uh, uh, Jerry World, man. The last time I was there, actually, when uh, Armani Deontay was playing their freshman year of uh, the uh, USC, I mean, UCLA, UCLA. Yeah, yeah God, yeah, Charlie Strong cost them that you one. <laughs> but, uh, but well, actually, it was uh, 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 Mikael Thompson. I Think yeah, he bit a little bit. Too, he bit yeah, a little bit, but they the started screen. running. They started running. Hurry up! I was <laughs> but, at that game. But nevertheless, the, uh, the 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 nachos, you know, are awesome. Uh, the ones you, you're alluding Super Bowl to, nachos. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're really really good. But I don't know, high school nachos, man, still is. If I go watch a uh, high school game, man, it, it, it's still awesome, man. Uh, I didn't make it to the Dickinson North Shore game yesterday, which I'm kind of glad I did, man. North Shore beat. The- can, them, can I give like, you? Can I give you a take? I I don't like high school football. Is that you, weird? You don't like high school football? I grew bro? up. I grew up. You know, going to go, going to watch like triple headers in the in the state uh, state finals and all that. But I just feel like I got to draw the line somewhere, and I'm just not into high school football anymore. I like college. I like pro, but the the high school football just doesn't do it for me anymore. I mean, there's a, there's a high school football field named after my grandpa out in Cattle Mills. He was obsessed with high school football. He was like the uh, he was basically in charge of the fundraisers and everything. I, I grew up going to high school games. Uh, and I, I, I used to like it, but I just don't like it as much man, as anymore. This, this, this I know is it's high like a Texas. School, in, I know this is it's high a Texas in, football thing. This is a Texas thing. Look, this man. is how it works. That, this is how it works, though. Like as soon as as soon as blasphemous of you to even I just, say that I you gotta, don't like high th- school football. I just got I got to draw the line somewhere. And you know, as soon as the recruits commit to Texas or something, I'll follow them. But people following recruiting and stuff, it just it it it, it rubs me the wrong way. And I just I, my line in the sand is college and up. And once they commit. I look into them, but there's a lot of guys who follow recruiting. I'm just not, I'm not into all that, and I, I don't know what it is. I just don't, I just don't get into high school football. It's, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, Monday, Thursday, but Friday, Fridays are not for, not for me. I'm not, I'm not a Friday Night Lights guy. It, it, it's it, weird, it, I know. It, it has to be two games that I'm interested in. I mean, yeah, you have some high school teams that's just not, you know, worth, uh, going see, man, but I just think just the atmosphere, man, and, and uh, you know, a lot of times watching these kids, um, you know, come up and, 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 you know, being able to, to hear about these kids and then go out there and actually see these kids play in the playoffs, like, you know, hey, Sam Ellinger. You know, right. hey, when awesome. he when he was there and and you know the game that he played, you know, for the uh, state championship, man, and and different things like that. Even going back to to, and I know he hadn't panned out, but I mean Kyle Porter, you know, playing for Katie, you know, and and you know what he was able to do as as young. So I mean, watching these kids, I, I guess that's my my thing is is watching these kids uh, uh developing and seeing what their potential is uh uh you know to be. Even the uh the uh, uh all American game, you know, do you watch right. the, the high school all-american yeah game. I'll, I'll check that out just because those guys are already going to college so I, I'll, I'll check that out the the elite guys i mean i man, used man, to i'm gonna say this i used to watch vince i mean i, I watched vince in high school a couple times yeah. but i just don't it, it, as i've gotten older i just care less about high school football man you know what was crazy i'll, I'll say this man we can move on um I'll never forget, man, out of 2014, watching the uh, All-American. Was it 2014? I believe it was. Uh, watching the All-American game 
uh, man, and uh, or maybe it was 2013. But anyway, it was it was watching uh, the uh, no, it was the uh, was it the Nike Invitational? Uh, it was a big sounds game, memorable. But, but day it, day. It, it was a big game, but but. <laughs> Uh, watching Miles Garrett, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, in freak, high school, bro. Show. And, high, and I, I said to myself, I say, this kid is gonna be the number one pick. Get, well, I didn't say he's gonna be number one, but I said this kid right here is going to be special. I saw that in high school, uh, watching that game. That, Cause I, I would hear his name, obviously, in recruiting, you know, Armani Deontay were being recruited at that time and so on and so forth. So I was really into recruiting with a lot of these guys. And, but I mean, watching Miles Garrett, man, and, and seeing that, that guy, I didn't see oh, one, number one overall pick, but I said that that guy is going to be a beast in college or whatever. And he just looked like he was one of those players that in high school, he jumped off the screen to me, man. And I just thought that this, this kid was going to be phenomenal, man. Yeah. Yeah, the best, the best, uh, one of the best high school players I ever saw was was B.J. Johnson before he went to Texas. He oh, put, really? He put man, he was better. He was better than Roy to me. Like he put, he put. Uh, uh, I'm from I'm from Grapevine against Grapevine High School. There was like a weather delay, but he had like three touchdowns in the first half or something. He was he was one of the most impressive that I saw. And I guess Roy was a little bit better, but B.J. didn't have too bad of a career. All right, Derek. I don't know if you talked yourself into it, but uh, we're going to see here if if Derek is going to pick Texas uh, oh, over Oklahoma. Spot, huh? I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to stay putting you on the spot. This is my thing right here because I've picked Oklahoma to win this game uh, since the second Texas beat them. So, uh, our, our, yeah, since the second Texas beat them. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Oklahoma in a, in a high-scoring game. Uh, and that's not, that's not a knock on Texas. I think the season's been a success regardless. I just don't know how strong Sam's shoulder is right now. And I, I just don't know if, if, if they can keep up with, with this Oklahoma defense. Todd Orlando, if he can do what he did the, uh, the first three quarters of last time they played, they got a shot, but, if Texas is going to win, they're going to have to run the ball with Keontae Ingram, and Sam's going to have to look a lot better than he did yesterday, but I just can't talk myself into it. So I'm going to have to pick the Oklahoma Sooners uh, in a shootout uh, by, I'll say Oklahoma by nine points. Oh, man, man, man. I, I want to take Texas in this game so bad, uh, Landry, man. I, 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 it's so many things I want to just look at in this game, man, and, and, and want to take. Cause I, I, I want Texas to be able to win this Big Twelve championship, but I don't like where this I, is going. I, I, I'm, I'm where you are, man. I don't think I could talk myself into it, man. I just, I, I really don't have a lot of confidence in. I mean, again, you know, Brandon Jones don't play, man. We got PJ Lock back there at safety. I'm not convinced about him. Uh, you know, to me, I don't feel like. Uh, 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 Chris Boyd has really looked good, uh, you know, against, you know, pretty much elite receivers, man. And, you know, Texas is hard to get a pass rush. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to take Oklahoma in this game as well, man. Yeah, I hate doing it. It'll be interesting to see, but you know, just just how Texas looked against West Virginia and how they looked against Oklahoma State, uh, it's hard for me to imagine them being able to shut down Oklahoma for the second time this year. So we both hope that we're wrong. We both hope that yes, we're eating yes, crow. Yes, hopefully uh, but, we are, man. Hopefully we, we are. We have been wrong before, but it is what it is. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait. I know you cannot wait. Thanks to everyone for listening to the 41 Acres. It's been episode 14 uh, for my man, Derek Foreman, uh, for Brian Robison. Thanks for hopping on. We're going to have another guest next week for Vince Young, everybody who's been a part of this thing. Thank you very much. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, spread the word. Uh, we always appreciate you for listening. It's the number one hook and podcast in the entire, in the entire nation. I don't even think we have any competition for Derek Foreman. 
I'm Landry Locker. Let them know what the deal is. Man, y'all know what it is, man. Hey, we both picked Oklahoma, man, but as always, Texas love, man. We hope that we're eating crow. And uh, as always, man, hey, hook them. <laughs>